The point for me was just book the ticket. In fact, before that, tell people you're going because you don't want to be a liar. So you can travel with your passion. Music for us was something we were passionate about and we enjoyed sharing. And all of a sudden it became a means of us making money on the road. Yeah, respect the cultures and just go with an open mind and open heart and you will be welcomed into mm -hmm. every country that you go to. Hi, I'm Emma and this is Trip Report. On today's episode, I continue the chat with Kieran and Silk in part two of their trip report. They tell me more tips and recommendations for traveling through India and Southeast Asia. What was it like to experience Holy Festival of Colour? And how did coronavirus affect their travel home? What advice do they have for really getting to know the local culture rather than just traveling on the surface? They gave me lots of tips and ideas for working on the road to fund your travel. So let's jump straight back into their trip report. So something I was going to ask you is that obviously you're on this like real tight shoestring budget. When you come across like a really amazing um, landmark or somewhere to visit, do you splash out and go see it or do you try and find a different way? Or Yeah, we, I mean, we just do it because I think that's why we, we're on the budget. We're on the budget so that we can go and see the Taj Mahal or so that we can do the hajang look because that's you know that's expensive in terms of <laughs> in terms of what our budget is you know going from spending you know six euro a day yeah to, to ten euro a day or fifteen you know but um yeah so th that's the reason but we also you know this is something that we've embarked on recently with the, the um with IRMs and with our, our kind of our vision we would like to start approaching these um tour companies that offer like operate um safaris or you know these experiences we would like to start offering our services to them because we've had now in this lockdown time we've had people invite us to africa and people to invite us to nepal even people to tibet and we were like whoa how can we make this work because tibet is a super expensive country to to go and visit um, visa, yeah. uh, for the visa you know so we, we, these are things that we're now considering and how we can do it because obviously ideally we would love to be able to um go and do all this and if we were paying for it full price then then that would be a struggle but the, a lot of these companies, you know, especially in this time and, and what they're going to need is a big tourism boost and they need to be able to sell their stuff. And I guess we, it's, we're trying not to be egocentric about this. We're trying not to say, oh, we want, we, we want to do this because you're going to give it for free. But more that we can, like, we can give you, like, uh, uh, our footage maybe isn't the best, but we can give them 4K videos and we can edit it to, to the highest of our standard. Only you know, all we're asking for right now is just an exchange for for the safari, you know. And, and through through googling, we've realised that you know, for a thirty second to one minute video would usually cost around about three hundred pounds, you know, for for something of the standard that we're making. Mm. It's it's very expensive, and we didn't realise. But now you know, we we take into consideration everything that's going on, and also where we are. Three hundred pounds here is not three hundred pounds in India, and 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 you know, so and and also just because we love doing it, so. If we weren't passionate about it and we weren't in love with what we were doing, maybe then we would be like, oh, better, or we would want more money. But right now we're like, well, why not? You know, we're there, we're happy, we're staying in beautiful resorts for IRMs or we're going to see this, so why not just, why not just do this? Yeah. Brilliant. So I know when I went to Luang Prabang, I went to the Golden Temple. Yeah. Did you go there? Did we go to the Golden Temple? I think we went. Yeah, yeah. Did we? Yeah. I can't remember what it was called exactly, but oh yes, uh, what um, I remember it's um, oh it's a beautiful temple. Yes, 
I remember yeah. it's the, the big one that we went into and there was a cat sitting on the step. Remember yeah, we sat, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we sat playing with a cat there for animals leader. <laughs> if we, we we're looking for a dog on the road, you know, or a travel companion of any sort, really. But the dogs, uh, you know, they, they steal our hearts. Um, and, the and, and the cats. But I remember... In, and the um, monkeys. And the, yeah. <laughs> 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 like we go for the temple, but we leave. <laughs> remember the cats. Uh, Langfordbang was one of our favourite, you know, if you can call it a city, mm. it's one of our favourite cities. Um, it was uh, going to the little night market and there was a vegetarian, oh, you, uh, a vegetarian buffet stall where we went and it was uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Langfordbang has a, a place in our hearts also. Yeah, it's yeah. really special, isn't it? Really special. Yeah. And then did you, where did you go from, so you went down to Langfordbang and then where did you go from there? We hit all the kind of big touristy stops along the way we did Vintien and no 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 Vang, 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 Vien, Vang Vien, which is where they have all the um the water park things yeah uh, we were not a big fan of Vang yeah Vien. yeah it was a lot of people going around in um dune buggies you know and and we so noticed from five years ago till now it's commercialized big time mm. it's changed mm-hmm. a lot you know it's just sad like yeah, yeah. You cannot change it, but it's just like, ah, oh, I've seen it five years ago and I wish it was the same. You know, sometimes I have those expectations, yeah. which I shouldn't have, but I'm like, ah, oh, love it will be like this and this and this. Yeah. And then you arrive and it, it's changed, of course, because in time, like things change, which is normal. Yeah. Um, but actually, with Laos, it was kind of okay. With Cambodia, things mm. changed big time. And yeah, yeah, this was a big shock, actually. Yeah. So we through Vang Vien and led ourselves then to um, Vientiane, which is another beautiful city. It's not anything on Long Prabang, but um, it's, it's, it was a nice city. We got some work there. We we were playing in some bars there. Um, and then from there, we crossed the border into Cambodia. Oh, no, we, we didn't. Went first all the way down, all the way down. Paxi Loop, and Paxi Loop, 4,000 islands. 4, islands or 10,000 islands. 4,000, I think. Some of the islands, you know, and we spent a bit of time on the island. And <laughs> that was like a, a shock for us because... It was a first test, but we arrived on the island and there were no ATMs and to take out money was very expensive. So we were on this, like, not even a shoestring budget. You're talking like a piece of sewing thread budget, you know. We um, And we wanted to get by. We, fi- we found this incredible accommodation. The woman who ran the, the building was, uh, like, a very, very old, sweet woman. And we had, we uh, she was so lovely. We tried to communicate with her every day and let her know, you know, tonight we are still staying here, just so she didn't sell her room under someone else. And um, it we it was beautiful, but we had this. We ran into this issue of we ran out of or we were running out of money very quickly. And, and also we, because it was the end of our trip in Laos, in Laos, so we didn't want to take out more money. Yeah. So um, like because and uh, we travel with Starling cards and um oh plug here Starling um Starling cards are, are usually for us to take out is zero so we don't pay any transaction fees no, we only pay it's Mastercard exchange rates and um we use that but um in some places like Cambodia there was a small fee in Laos there was quite a large fee in terms of what we were used to and um yeah but on the island it was extortionate you know because someone had to go to the mainland and bring back money and we we decided we just need to make this work and then get off the island and we managed to you know we managed to play a few gigs in some bars they weren't willing to offer us money because it was off tourist season but they were willing to say here's some free food and drink so we we went with that and then we got ourselves off the island um and yeah i think that was, think the that only, was it, yeah, yeah we we got across um into cambodia 
and then we could take out some dollars for um, Cambodia and start again. Where was the island? Sorry, so you went from Vientiane to the islands. To Takek. So we went down. Paxi. Um, oh, Paxi. Yeah. Mm. So down to Paxi, and then from Paxi, I think it's four thousand islands. It's at the very bottom of Laos. So um, yeah, really close to um, Cambodia and. Dundet. Dundet. That's it. Yes. Yeah, Dundet. Um, and it's a, a been very beautiful place. There's um, a few kind of um, national like national parks. You've got waterfall parks and stuff. Um, one thing with Laos, and it was the only thing that really um, put me off, was the fact you've got to pay for everything. If there's a waterfall, you pay for the waterfall. You, there's an entrance fee, or there's an entrance fee for this this viewpoint mountain walk, or there's a which I mean, I understand they've got to make an income. Mm. How they are, and usually it's not super expensive but we were just we i mean you're so used to in india you you just go to these places you walk the waterfalls and even in vietnam you just go to these places so the caves are open and especially in scotland, yeah. In scotland yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah that was just a shock but it, we we found our ways as well you know that there's yeah it's you it's not a lot of money you save money elsewhere to to make it work or whatever yeah brilliant yeah. and then you hit cambodia and where did you go first cambodia see i'm re- we cut straight to Siem Reap because Silk was going to be meeting her sister. Hitchhiked. Hitchhiked, yeah, all the way. Um, Silk was meeting her sister um, for the first time in, in, you know, six months maybe since we'd been on the road. Um, her sister had flown out to um, Cambodia or to Thailand maybe, spent some time with her brother and then came to Cambodia. My whole family's traveling. <laughs> yeah, everyone's all over the place. Um, and I must admit, we, we tried to veer away from the negativity, but Cambodia was... Oh, we we just we just didn't find our feet in Cambodia. We mm. the, the the desserts in Cambodia were incredible. But we we really struggled with um, the cities were. They, I think they've developed a lot, and there's a lot of tourism. And what it's kind of got is that the Vietnamese vibe, where it's it's got a lot more um, tourism pushed on it. But there's not the I feel like there's not the atmosphere. Vietnam is all this, kind of yeah. fake, all loud music bars next to each other, yeah. and it's all pure for people from Europe. And there was talk of Cambodia becoming the next Thailand, and that's where you see like the the cheap. The, I think uh, Thailand is way better than Cambodia. Yeah. <laughs> but you see the cheap. Um, what do you call it? Like the cheap night so or the cheap. Um, I'm not really sure what kind of holiday yeah, it is, but the, what we call the lads' holiday, you know, mm. <laughs> you've got that kind of that feel to it, and that's really not what we were going for. Mm. So we we struggled to find our places in Vietnam. We found mm. um, one amazing place, which was ba, um, Batambang, which mm. was an incredible place, not off the beaten track, but not as as um, touristy. Um, known for its food, famous for its its um, food because a lot of the food from um, Cambodia comes from the, the area around this place so the food was very fresh and um, really um, beautiful landscapes around about there and there was a cave which was a highlight of maybe a whole Cambodia trip um, where bats fly out for around about an hour yeah. um, of just thousands of bats just yeah. out of a cave yeah. for one hour you just have this black line and you of hear bats them they just out. tweet 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 but I, I think there uh, there's millions and millions of bats and they all mm-hmm. go out and then like the next morning you they all go back in you know like um but it's it's just it's insane crazy. to see this you sit for an hour and just for an hour you hear the squeaking you see the like this this swarm of locusts you know flying through the sky it's it's insane it's so beautiful and from the place we sat on the, the mountain stage which was not touristy at all our tuk tuk driver took us there and 
it was just a sunset over this beautiful um, kind of tropical rainforest that looked like these green trees and then the bats all flying and we uh those that was that was the most special thing that we experienced in Cambodia. I think we have a little video in our Cambodia. How oh, we do, yeah. In travel video. Natural video, yeah. yeah. I'll put the links for your travel videos as well in the show notes so people can find them because I'm sure they'll be interested. Um so then after Battambang, where did you go? Did you go to Pompen? Yes. Yeah also yeah and this is a place I think is a must when you go to Cambodia mm. to see all the history and to go um, to. Yes. Uh, the killing fields and S. Is yeah. it S twenty one or I'm not sure what the number is, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like the um, the history. Uh, it's not like a bright place to go, you know. It's not um, something where we. It's somewhere where we went, you know, and you go to to hear about the history and to learn about the mm. the country because it's, it's essentially. You know this this history of what's happened in the country has shaped it, yeah it shaped the culture and it shaped the country and, and because it's so um so little time ago it's it's just um so present you know the people who you meet in the streets of of Phnom Penh or in the streets of, of Battambang or whatever they, these people were around in those times and it's um yeah it's, I think it's still quite a, a sore subject but people some people were willing to talk about it and when we were in S twenty one. There was a, a man, a survivor from there, um, from the what, what went on there. You know the the brutal tortures and everything that got uh, was going on, um, and he he was a survivor. And, and I know that Silk was was in tears. You know, um, listening to this man's story and and just hearing the the dreadful things that they've gone through. Mm. But it's it's an essential part when you visit Cambodia. Although we 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 struggled to find the, the kind of the places that we really enjoyed in Cambodia, it was that we learned a lot from the trip because, yeah, like the culture where, where the country is now is, yeah, it's so different from where it was just like a matter of a few years ago. You know, it's not, it's not yeah. long. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. I imagine it's really moving um, and kind of changes you a bit in, in your thoughts about Cambodia. But like you yeah. say, how far it's moved on and, yeah so yeah it, it really does um and then actually we we did find a, a nice place that i've forgotten cam uh, we moved on to campot after that and campot is a, a nice little seaside uh, it's not seaside it's riverside um riverside um town um with some really nice eat, um places to eat really kind of and um, we found a really nice vegan restaurant um and some yeah some really good places and we found a great vintage store where i bought a set of pink dungarees it's actually the dungarees if you're on our profile picture and um, um on instagram i'm wearing these pink dungarees and silks hanging we found these two rocks in cambodia and i just stood between them and silk was dangling down and um yeah i just um i think we found like some really nice spots there you know like things that we went used to like vintage stores and vegan restaurants and stuff so yeah brilliant and did you have any, this goes for your whole trip and you can look at it per country if you like or over the whole trip, but did you have any negative experiences from your trip? Oh, this was... <laughs> <laughs> this is a big question. We always try to look at the positive things. Yeah, like, so, so, so I, guess, to... I, I guess it's fine. And, um, the, the, I, mean, I guess the, the biggest thing that affected me was also within within one of the most beautiful um things that we experienced and and it's maybe um uh, I, I know. was holy 
Holy, yeah, Holy Festival okay, in India. Yeah. So Holy Festival, um, for the, for anybody listening that doesn't know, Holy Festival is this incredible festival of colours in India. Um, there's paint everywhere, and we decided to go off the like the. There's a lot of touristy places like Goa celebrates, but and we were started in the south of India, but we raced our way to the top so that we could be there for Holy, um, in Vrindavan, which is the the birthplace of um, Mathura and Vrindavan is the birthplace of Krishna, so that's where Holy they say Holy started, and it's it's the most local Holy that we can imagine. You know, it's just we that we saw very very cool. Yeah, it? we saw a handful of tourists. Um, in this festival where there are thousands of people every single day covered in paint but it's it's a beautiful beautiful festival but the um uh, what, how, how can you say it the, the um how, how, how the indian men treat women especially western women was um questionable and it was you know it was my my biggest outlet at that point of, of anger you know I'd, i hadn't been angry really at all on the trip i'm not an angry person but if someone was putting their hands on silka or, or any other yeah, woman because yeah, yeah they're like the thing is they throw the powder in your face to it's in your eyes mm. your eyes are covered you want to touch your eyes and then they grab your boob or you know they really make big advantage of this yeah. and it's just it's, it's such a small percentage and it can you know, we, we realized how strong... It happened like, I mean, I have to say, like, it happened like maybe eight times or yeah. something during the two eight days. Eight times within wow. yeah, two or three days. Yeah, and, or more, um, like, I always had my hands around my breast. Yeah, we were like, um, just keep everything covered. And I also, I was there because the, the thing is, because it's it's their hometown, they are there in big groups. So, like, it would be a group, you would be surrounded by... It's not it's not uncommon for ten Indian guys to be around you saying happy holy raddy raddy and, and touching your face and stuff. And all I did was at that point I, I went round silk and I made sure that she was okay and and I but I, I let them know that you know you can't you can't um you can't touch someone. There, there was one point where I I, I didn't get violent but I, I made sure this guy knew and I, I had um I did grab him and said look you cannot do this and a big crowd of Indian people saw me shaming this guy but you know it, it really made me think. They, they don't agree with it you know that the mass mm. population don't agree with this because they 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 you know they did not show that guy any respect but mm. when i when i when i had him and i held him i said to him like you cannot do this, this is disgusting this is they call this the festival of love and you yourself are, are like de defacing this this festival um so you know it, it did happen there are more good people than yeah than it, it, that, it, so, yeah. yeah so that, that's why you know we do look at the positive of everything because after after any of these experiences, there were always people to say, "Oh, I'm I'm so sorry for this." You know, other Indian people would come over and say, "We are sorry that you've had to experience this," mm. or you know, and they like, take us in like there are like yeah. places where you go for food, and so you have, you have this little place courtyard, like a courtyard with so yeah. they let us in, and then families and stuff, which is really nice. Like when we needed a time, like an hour to just like chill and have like nice holy. You know, we just went inside there. We had some food and we danced with the local people. And yeah. yeah. Mm. It, it's a shame because it's like everywhere, I guess, isn't it? There's a, a small minority that yeah, that's it's, it's just, you know, people taking advantage of the situation rather than it being exactly. a cultural yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And is yeah. there anything you'd change about your trip? No. Maybe a different partner. This was um so before we met, Silk has travelled a lot, as she said, 
but she never traveled with anybody and that was I mean, my biggest I always fear. met people and I always was traveling with someone for a week or a few weeks and then I was meeting other people but I never wanted to commit commit to someone you know say like okay let's travel together because you have to be so similar in what you want to do if you're interested in culture or if you if you're a very active person or not so I was never like okay I'm not going to travel with someone mm-hmm. fixed and then when we met we are actually same same but different we're just I'm the female version of Kieran, and Kieran's the female version of me. Our friends say, you know, we have some mutual friends, um, like we come from very different places. Um, So our mutual friend circle was very small, but then the people who did know us both said, whoa, that that, that was destined to happen. Um, So yeah, this is um, something, you know, it's- It's very easy to travel. Very easy to travel together. But I I really don't think there's there's anything, I I mean, this coronavirus was um, a big block in our, our, road you know it was a big um, speed bump and it obviously brought us home but we have been so like blessed by this we we, we said at the start we really didn't want to leave india we were can, we were looking for somewhere could we go to pakistan could we go to nepal could we go to thailand and in the end something made us just say okay let's go home and it was for the best you know we've loved being home reconnecting with my family um you know and and you know my, my gran is suffering from um alzheimer's now so just um, recently, just recently. Like but things. you know, I, it's something you know I can't be upset about. It. Like I'm here, and and in these moments, we we have loved being with her, and she's so she's so happy, she's so full of light, and she refers, she says to mom and dad to go and visit her often. She always says, "Oh, when are that couple coming to see me again?" And we go up every 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 second day or every third day to go and take her a walk. And you know, like we could have been somewhere else in the world for you know however long on some beach or in some perfect resort in Bali but the fact that I've been able to be home with my family and and experience this time has just been so I couldn't have asked for it to happen you know it was was fate that it was going to happen this way you know coronavirus is is terrible but it's brought us home and yeah. So tell us about the ending of your trip you just said that you went from India so did you go from Cambodia back to India then? Yeah. Yeah we we um knew that we wanted to go our original plan um was we wanted to do north of india nepal south of um, sri lanka then south of india and we realized after three months in india that it just you know past um, things change and and things happen so we ended up it was a shock that we flew to vietnam and then we thought let's not take any flights let's just make our way through where, where we can and then from the bottom of cambodia we knew we wanted to do holy festival that was the biggest our biggest thing that we said this is something we have to do mm-hmm. so we want to be back in india and make the most of our um visa my visa was going to run out just after holy so i knew that this would be the perfect time so we said from cambodia we flew back to india and we did the south and instead of traveling around the south like we thought we were going to do that's when we took on the job with irams we did the panchakarma so that was three weeks um, in one location in Kochi and then we had some time in Goa we had some time in Kerala and we went around these places and and went to the resorts and then quickly zipped up north for Holi and then we had some um, time back in Agra we had a photographer fly from Canada to come and um, have a photo shoot with us in the Taj Mahal which was an incredible yeah. mind-blowing experience but um so that that happened she came over she took us to the Taj Mahal we took her to Varanasi and we had some amazing shoots and it was nice to visit these places again. These are all places we'd seen before, but we revisit and was just uh, to, to revisit that special atmosphere. And yeah. And then from there, we, we realized in Varanasi, you know, there's not a huge amount of tourists in Varanasi, but all the tourists that we did meet 
were all panicking and on their phone saying, like, wait, mum, like, how can I get home? Like, people were, like, really panicking. It was crazy, yeah. yeah. In the beginning, we were like, oh, no, let's just go with the flow, you know, oh, we're going to Nepal. And then today we were like, let's go like, to Nepal. Nepal closed its borders. Yeah, we were like, oh, okay. Okay, no Nepal. Maybe Thailand. Okay, no, no Thailand. And we, we checked all the boxes off and we thought, okay. And then we had a friend who's, who is from um, London but has Indian family and he was going straight up to um, Kashmir to stay with his family. And he said, come with me. And we were like, okay, let's consider this option. Let's see what we could do. And then, you know, through talking to my family and talking to a friend, we just made the decision. And I think we knew it was the right decision because we we... The, our, our aim was never to come back home. You know, we we aimed. My parents were going to fly out to Thailand within in May, so a month ago we were meant to meet in Thailand anyway. So I knew that we didn't have to come back home to see family, but um, yeah, like we knew that it was the right decision because we got there, we looked at flights online, and we were like, "That's it, let's do it." And we we just booked the flights anywhere for like two days' time, so we had enough time just to get on a train from Varanasi all the way to Delhi get our stuff on a flight and we were we were so excited there yeah we, we were <laughs> coming back home and just yeah finishing off and now we're excited already to go back, to, to go back. <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> and did you find it hard to get flights in the mid like was that the beginning of the pandemic or that was yeah, yeah that was the beginning but we were on the last flight from that company yeah it was um we flew, flew with emirates um which we would never do but it was the only company that were doing flights and um the flights we, we didn't think were actually such a bad price. They were, um, uh, I can't remember how much we played. It was around about £300 um, each. And we were like, do you know what? It's not so bad and we're going to make this money back. You know, that was our thought. And that's what we have done, you know, with um, with IRMs and stuff. But it's it's been, um, yeah. We, flights were easy. <laughs> the the fl flight was easy itself. But yeah. actually, I think um, Silk's brother was in India at the same time as us, but he was in the South he decided to stay and for him he got stuck he was stuck in goa for he a few weeks he didn't have access to food or thing the, the hostel that took him in was sneaking like a bunch of how many yeah i think there were like seven people who were in there and they the hostel owner he just made them rice or noodles no vegetables just like plain things but for a few weeks he was stuck there he was enjoying life he's such yeah. a free spirit he was uh, playing uh, with his double star with a fire stick you know he was enjoying life but uh, but he didn't have the he didn't have the option to come home at that point and then I think only a few was, weeks later yeah the, few, MC. the MC in Germany I think flew him back mm -hmm. home and then um, he like yeah that was that it, it got him home you know and um, yeah so he's now back in Belgium so we're all waiting to go back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you really come from a family of travellers Silk she started it. Yeah. <laughs> All her siblings, and they, I can see why they'd be inspired by her. But her brother flew out to meet her in in Thailand, and these pictures are still hilarious to both of us and, and to Lord yeah. as well. But he he flew out to Thailand to meet her five years ago when she was out there, and yeah, like he was he was a a, a young kid, you know, he was just he a, was, a teenager. Yeah, such a different person. Yeah, he was super shy. He didn't dare to ask people like, oh, where they got their shirt from or something, you know. But then after like only three weeks traveling he changed so much and he was just like oh man all of your shirts where do you get mm -hmm. it you know he was making like a skirt out of leaves and then walking the streets like this and he changed completely and yeah. from then on he was like oh my god travel is the answer and he just started traveling as well 
and then my sister she broke up with her boyfriend she was like i also want to travel and she followed us and now she's also obsessed with traveling she might fly, fly out as well so yeah yeah we're all on the go and just going back to your trip what was the most memorable part of the trip for you and what was the most favorite part of the trip because they might not be the same i guess oh memorable oh, that's such a hard <laughs> yeah so i think recently a conversation has been has been direct towards vietnam like mm. we we didn't take we didn't we didn't take it all in there, but Vietnam and and I would say especially anything to do with a, a motorbike on Vietnam mm. is gold. It's just it it just blew my mind, and it was because I think it was such a new experience, and for both of us, we just fell in love with the country, the food, and and just these this the freedom of being on a bike and just going where we wanted to go whenever we wanted to go, having no limits, no boundaries. Um, so I like. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about most. Um, Today we were looking through our stories on Instagram, yeah. the highlights of Vietnam. We were like, "Oh my God, this place! Oh, yeah. I just..." <laughs> we we realize our highlights on on Instagram are maybe not the most watchable, but for us they trigger so much, like so yeah. many memories and. Um, yeah. Because you know the, the reason they're not watchable is is they're they're a hundred stories long, each of them, and maybe each country has three, four parts to it. But we love it, you know, the, the reason we realise the reason we've been doing them is, is for now, you know, for the time that we're looking back on these mm. travels. Yeah. Or, so yeah. share with people, to share, inspire yeah. people to travel and yeah. to know that you can do something. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you certainly are inspiring people to travel. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. At least my brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> And do you have any, I know you've mentioned a lot of tips, so thank you very much, but do you have any recommendations for future travellers that you haven't touched on? Uh, like, my, my biggest thing for, for when Silk first told me about travel, the, the point for me was just book the ticket. In fact, before that, tell people you're going because you don't want to be a liar. So <laughs> I, I started saying, oh, so can I go around the world? You know, we're going to start travelling. And at that point, I'd committed to telling a lot of people and I was excited to tell people. So then I had to book the ticket. And from then I had to, you know, you, you have to get on the plane or whatever, you know. And and once I'm out there, it was, it changed my life completely. You know, this is really, mm. it's, um, we, I, I guess we both kind of imagined that we would be dancing for a long time and maybe we will go back to dance. We're still highly involved in um, in movement and, and it's, it's part of our daily routine. But um, I would say that it's really changed me and opened up. And just recently because of this podcast, with you, we, we started talking about what we, why we do what we do. And it actually triggered something in us that we would like to to maybe start talking about this. And this would be like a, a little sneak preview for, for anybody like if this takes off in the future. But we would like to kind of kind of create a, a way to inform people that you can travel with your passion. Music for us was something we were passionate about and we enjoyed sharing. And all of a sudden it became a means of us making money mm -hmm. on the road. Not just not just so we're making money, but just to keep us on the road. Yeah. So you, we realized like, I, as as you, you like, I, I was not a photographer, and and also Ali, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But when <laughs> when we um when we first contacted Iram, Silk was a photographer of the relationship. She was um the video editor. Like I did a little bit and learned a little bit from her. She was a photographer, and I did, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I I learned on the on the job. You know, I was like, okay, I've committed to this. Let's go. Like I, I need to be in this and. Mm -hmm. You know, I realized that Silk's passion of photography, we, we were constantly thinking, how can we how can we sell your photography? But it's just so hard to to make prints or whatever, especially when you're on the road. The, the main is to main aim is to be on the road. 
and then you know this came along and it, it I guess it landed on us like there was things that I said can like I approach people or whatever but in, in essence you know it came to us and we were like oh this is it but we because there are also so many things you can do you know yeah. even if you are a painter lots of hustles search people who can paint mandalas on their walls or stuff you know so yeah. that everywhere you go you can do something with your passion or yeah so I would say just like try everything, you know, even yeah. if you don't know if it's something for you, you know, like we were volunteering in this uh, art gallery. Art gallery and vintage store in, um, on the island in um, Cambodia in Kurong Sam Luen. Mm -hmm. um, and we stayed there for a few weeks because we wanted to celebrate Christmas and New Year there. But on the build up to Christmas and New Year, we ended up help build, like, you know, from, from, from nothing, from just this empty shell of a shop, a vintage store and um, art studio space and um, gallery. And it was such a humbling experience, but we just went with, you know, we turned up on the island, we realised, and this was also a, a budget thing as well, <laughs> we turned up to the island with, with not enough money and we were like, oh, okay, we need to we do something We thought we had this. more money with us, but we were like, oh, we didn't take out more than this. Yeah, so, like, so um, we just looked for a way to, to think and we walked past the place one day and the girls are out painting and and we said ah like if you ever need any help just let us know and they were like actually we we could do it with some help what are you doing like on on monday Let, let's say this was maybe on saturday and they said what are you doing on monday and we were like well we're on the island you know we're just enjoying and they said if you want to come and join us and we did it every day we were in there we were painting like doing some like electrical work I've never done before but they were teaching me on the go they had some guy come in and you know in exchange they just gave us our meals every day and um at the end so can I ended up playing music for the opening of the the restaurant which was a huge success um and it was so much fun and we had such a great atmosphere people were it went from this tiny little space which is like an open space out onto the, the kind of little dirt road that it led along with and the people were spilling out onto the dirt road just listening to our music and and dancing and it was such having, a beautiful yeah it was a really beautiful experience so um yeah, yeah it's also maybe also maybe one thing is like for people who don't travel yet i just want to give the advice to not be afraid because mm. You hear all those stories from those countries, things are happening, you know. But I have to say, I feel more afraid in Belgium, in Brussels, than I feel in Mexico or wherever, you know. You just have to go and you experience it yourself. You you have to be, you, you use your mind, of course, you know. But you just go with the flow and everything is good, you know. Yeah. There are more good people in the world than... Yeah, the media, so. the media would show that you know because it's that's what you want, like that's what the, maybe the general public want to hear, you know, about oh this has happened and this is, but the also the reason they don't tell the story of ten thousand travelers a year who have traveled safely across Vietnam is because there are ten thousand people doing it, and sometimes people forget about that and they forget mm. that they are most likely going to be one of those ten thousand who are. You know, and, and it's just, it's traveling with, also just with, with the right mindset, you know, being open and, and also respecting the cultures big time. We try to learn the language to show the people. This is very important, I think, learning a bit of the language. Yeah, just so that we can tell tell the people, you know, that we are, you know, we come in peace. Like, always, we just try to say, like, we respect. If they yeah. expect your shoulders to be covered or your knees to be covered, we would never... We would never go against that, you know. Yeah. As you can see on Instagram, we love to get naked, but we we would only do that in in our own time or where we feel there's going to be no one around, or, or you know, we're not going to cause offence to anyone. So, yeah, respect the cultures and just go with an open mind, an open heart, and you will be welcomed into mm -hmm. every country that you go to. Yeah, yeah, fantastic.
And do you, obviously you do have plans where you'd like to go next. So tell us about those. Well, well as soon as we can. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> we first, actually, in two weeks, we're going to Belgium to see my family because I haven't seen them for more than a year now. So we're going to spend a few months there. And then after we come back to Scotland and from here we hope to fly to Nepal or India yeah so this is our second part we want to experience Nepal yeah. I've been there five years ago but I would I want Kieran to experience yeah. as well because it's a beautiful country and beautiful people yeah. and then yeah it's pick still, up where we left off yeah so it's, it's still doing the resorts yeah and we're still going to continue to work for Ireland but uh, like our original plan was to do two years in Southeast Asia then work our way through Indonesia into Australia and actually, I can't believe we've got this far in the podcast and we haven't told you like what our original plan was and what the plan, We're still going to do it. <laughs> the plan is going to be. Our plan block was two years in Southeast Asia and then travel through Indonesia to Australia, where we would work for around about a year to two years between Australia and New Zealand, seeing the countries and, and traveling and, and working a little bit. And then our dream is to fly to um, Brazil, buy a van in Brazil and drive all the way down the, the east coast of South America and then up the west coast and wind our way all the way through to Alaska. So we, we had this, we, or we have this plan to see all of all of the Americas um, in a van. And we, we estimate that, you know, that could be around about six years, but it's, Silk has a huge place in the heart from Mexico. She lived there for a year. And at one point we did think, and, and you know, we've not ruled it out, that that could be the place we end up settling down. But um, we, we would... One of the, one of the reasons why we travel is one time one of these days we are going to walk out of the plane or we're going to step out of the bus or we're going to get off the bike and we're going to be like, oh, this is home. You know, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. Yeah, like you know, we we found home in each other. But we like where we're gonna where we're gonna build our home, whether it's temporarily or where, whether it's for for life. You know, we we're, we're gonna find somewhere and we're gonna say we want to spend some time here. Um, and I guess we've got to you know we've got to see all the options. You know, so why why not just do the whole thing? Um, yeah. So and there's plans to see Europe and Africa in there as well. But we just we we're gonna go with the flow. And South America is just so it's itching to get back. So yeah. We're going to get back to this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. And so you mentioned sustainable travel. Would you like to tell us a bit more about how you kind of go about your sustainable travel? Yeah. So I, I guess um, for us, the, the hitchhiking comes in to play. So by sustainable, also, we, um, we, we try to be as sustainable, you know, as for the planet. You know, we try to not take as many... Um, like uh, try to not to take any taxis or tuk-tuks or whatever you know or like sustainable in that way but also we talk big time about sustainable for us so how can we keep going and I guess for us you know that is just the the making money on the road making enough to get by and doing volunteering where we can you know if someone's going to put us up for a month and we volunteer then then great um and then the, the hitchhiking you know this all adds up to how can we how can we do living as much local as possible yeah and living living as locals we, we met, actually met a couple in vietnam who um i think their their travel title was living in locals and we learned a lot from them but we were like it was, it was just our thing we were just like ah oh, we we actually think we live like locals you know we were like we we think we live a lot more locally than anyone who've ever met you know we because we are staying like a lot of the time we are staying with local people or we uh you know and that's you know that's it you know sustainable travel sometimes means you, you get a much deeper travel a much deeper experience because you know instead of staying in a hotel or even a hostel 
you're staying with a family who maybe don't speak English, but you will learn a lot more. In fact, a funny story about the place that we did um, stay in Lao, the, the little bit um, place where we had all the kids in the window. Funny story was that that evening, the, the woman put on the TV and she had some Thai TV show on. Yeah, it, it wasn't in Lao. She, she um, told us, she, she explained to us roughly that she couldn't understand it either, but it was, it was a, something for her to watch. And we all sat around. She just sat this basket full of corn down in front of us. And we were all expected to put all the, the corn what do you call them? Corn kernels? Kernels? We're expected to take all of those off and we just we did sat. a whole basket. Our sons were having um blisters. We had <laughs> we you know, because I, I was like, oh, I don't want to offend her, I'm gonna work. And and I was finding methods of how can I do this as fast and efficiently as possible. <laughs> we were getting through and our thumbs were so blistered, but you know, you just don't you don't get that if you go and stay in in Ravi's or, you know, or if you go and stay in a Hilton, you know, you're you're not gonna have that experience. And obviously there are we, we now know from being in India that there are big benefits to being able to stay in these places and it is very beautiful to have that luxury yeah. and we're blessed to be able to see, experience the, the very local side but then also experience that extreme luxury because we've we've had that, we've had the pampering, we've had the room service and all that stuff but now it's, you know, we, we realize that we feel more at home in the, the local travel aspect, mm. you know, we we fit in with these locals who we don't speak the same language as, and we, we it's just because we love that so much, we love the, yeah, we just love that that lostness of how, how can I explain to this woman who I am and, and what I what I do, you know, so you find yourself dancing in the living room saying, oh yeah, we are dancers, you know, like, what is happening, you know? <laughs> And did you find it quite easy to find locals to stay with? Did you find that you just kind of asked people and then they direct you to someone? Or? Yeah, there's, there's, I feel like there's always someone, you know, I think most of the time we did stay in hostels, but when, you know, when there wasn't an option there, I feel like there was always an open door, you know, there was, that, mm. there was always someone. And people are so happy to take you in. Yeah, people are happy. And especially in India, we, we felt like we did a lot of, we, we stayed in, in hostels a lot. But in India, you know, they are so like they're so eager to have you, you know. And I, I don't know why. I think it was because we were um, traveling with another couple at that point, so we had found another couple to travel with for a couple of months. And because it was four of us, it was maybe harder to be in one place, and we didn't want to cause too much hassle. So we said, let's let's stay in the hostel. But there's so many people saying, oh yeah, just come and stay with me. Like, oh no, we don't mind. You know, my family won't mind. My mum won't mind if I bring home two, two or four strangers. You know, or, um, but you know, it's yeah you realize the, the world is full of beautiful people and yeah. yeah it's so different to the british culture isn't it i can't imagine that that would happen yeah. happen here <laughs> when we when we were first found out we we're going to belgium we were like okay how can we get to belgium and actually we managed to find flights on ryanair for 20 pounds each so 20 pounds were flying to belgium like well but our plan was like can we hitchhike to london and, <laughs> get, and we, we, you know my parents were just like you know, it's not like when you travel, you know, also coronavirus is not going to let someone just pop in your car. Uh, but, you know, we these flights were incredible. So we were like, well, 20 pounds, that's, that's nothing. So I just have to add in here that that was our official end of the interview. But we chatted some more with some really good info. So I wanted to add it into the episode. So let's go back to our chat. And when we went traveling, like I was saying to you, we went to uh, we, we went around the world as, as well. We did LA for a week. That was awful. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we went there. But then we went to Fiji, um, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Thailand. And then we did the Mekong boat river. 
so beautiful. So good. Um, for yeah, for a couple of days, and then we wanted to go to Cambodia, but we ended up staying in Laos and teaching English for a week. Yeah, that was amazing, and that was in um, is it Vang Bien that has the tubing? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, do they still have the tubing? Because I heard that they'd stopped it. I think they stopped it. Like, no, they do. Remember, we, we saw the people, um, you were saying that's where, um, but, well, I don't know if they were on the river. No, I think they stopped yeah. it, Lover. In oh, fact, years ago when I was there, it was, Pang was way more calm and more like a village, which was really, yeah. Uh, it had the tubing, of course, all these crazy stuff, things, but now uh, I think there it was changed a lot. Because of people getting drunk on the tubes and then, and mm. I think a couple of people had drowned, and yeah. they, they had to cut that. That that was why it because we, I, I remember such a shame. The, the, but the, I remember there were a lot of um, signs all over Van Kien for tubing, and you mm. could you could buy rent tubes. So I'm not sure. Um, we didn't. We did, it's not our thing, so we didn't inquire. I mean, about just it. on a tube would be nice, but yeah. we wouldn't drink. But yeah, yeah. No, the actual tubing was really beautiful because it was like between mountains yeah. and everything, and then you just literally. I mean, you, there was kind of like party places, yeah, you don't and have to go there or you don't have no, and you just kind of waved at the cafe, and they'd throw a rope, and then you hold onto the rope, and they pull you in, <laughs> and you kind of, and you kind of eat with your feet, like sitting in the, like, there was like tables in the river, oh, that's nice. yeah, with like fresh fish and everything. It was amazing, but the actual town, village, whatever, was just awful because it was just complete, like just full of british people watching yeah. friends yeah it's still yeah. like this is it still like that watching friends like what's that about <laughs> I remember there was the this thing about watching friends and it, like i can't remember what bar it was. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. it's just, so, just I, horrible i think yeah. it's even worse now like we, way more bars and we, we, we got on a bike and we we had a duck road there and we went out and that was beautiful that was really nice to mm. you know the, the famous kind of spot where there's a bike on top of a mountain and you get a photograph there we took some crazy photographs there um and we, we went to one of the nicer lagoons i think it was lagoon four and it was um there were no tourists we well, we met one other couple there yeah it was crazy. And, it was but nice it was one. yeah it didn't have any structure to it you know there were just there was a few little huts on the side and then you could just go in and swim in the water the rest of them the ones that we saw all had like wood built round the side and, and like, swings yeah, and, and activities and stuff. Whereas this one was just um, like a little ladder up, a, up to a rock in the middle of the water and you could jump off it maybe three meters or four meters. Um, mm. And then there was a nice cave and we walked for half an hour oh my God. into this cave with only a head torch. No, yeah, only a head torch. And we didn't was, know yeah. how, the bat how long the battery was going to last. <laughs> Oh, it was so scary because, because it was super dark and like to go to go back if your torch dies you're just in the dark and you don't know where to go you know you're about knee deep in water sometimes up to the waist in water and also that we were <laughs> squeezing through little gaps you know like there was parts where they, they was maybe like this off the floor or something you know just enough room for us we were in just swimming gear i think like, yeah, yeah, yeah and just squeeze through and then and it was, I mean, it was lit. Because there are no tourists, like, you don't meet anyone in the yeah. cave. Nobody did it, but we spoke yeah. to people. They were like, oh, ooh, I We've didn't We've never had, yeah. yeah. It, it's quite, it's not, it's not, well, it is hidden yet, and it's like a, but um, there's a lighting system the whole way through, and we, we tried to figure out before we went in, like, can we turn these lights on? But, um, <laughs> what, yeah, I turned off the torch a few times, and if you turned it off, there was just no way of seeing the way you were going, and it was, it was scary, but you know that exhilarates yeah. for us. We were like, "Oh, that, 
and we were not even in the end of the tunnel like as half an hour we were like oh my god how we just far have is to go back yeah yes yeah, so we were like okay let's go back because the torch we were like oh it's already a long time with the same batteries so we were like okay let's not yeah. let's go <laughs> too risky <laughs> but um and we said if we go back if we were to end up back there we wouldn't maybe go back to bang the end but if we somehow did end up going back mm. we would take good equipment and we would go and we the whole thing because we we were like what's at the other end you know there could be there could be treasure or something <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> could fund your whole trip <laughs> fantastic oh well thanks so much guys thanks so much for coming on the podcast but it's been so nice to do this you know to be able to just reminisce on our travels and share our experiences and mm. and yeah it's been so nice so please uh, like thank you for yeah for oh thank you and you know when we're traveling again um please do come back on and tell us about your next trip yeah definitely, definitely. We'll stay in contact yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay well i hope you enjoyed silk and kieran's trip report they really have tons of advice and ideas for sustainable travel, working on the road and how to really get into local culture. Silk and Kieran's passion for travel and their ethos is contagious and palpable. I had to include the post-interview bit as there were some really great bits in there and I didn't want to not share it with you all. Don't forget to follow them on Instagram at Silkiron on the road and I'll put the links into the show notes below. One thing about doing a podcast is that I rarely hear from you. If you're listening right now, why not take a screen grab and share it in your Instagram stories? Don't forget to tag at Trip Report Podcast so I can share it back too. I really love hearing from you all. Plus, if you do do a screen grab and add it to your stories, I'll add that as an extra entry to the competition to win some awesome goodies, which finishes at the end of this week. Hopefully, though, you've already entered. You can find more information on that over at tripreportpodcast.com forward slash win. So that's it for now. If you're listening to this on the day it's dropped, that means you're a subscriber, so I thank you. Next week on Trip Report, I chat with Josh and Annie as we live there around the world honeymoon. They took nine months out of their day jobs to travel to Canada and the US, volunteering Nick Vancouver on a farm, straight down to Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, New Zealand, Thailand and Cambodia. Their Trip Report is another really long one, so with so much information it'll be split again. I know that you're going to love their trip report. Bit of a spoiler here, but let me tell you, they survived not one, but three pretty scary situations that you don't normally encounter as a traveller. They also had to cut their trip short due to the coronavirus pandemic. Their trip report is a roller coaster for sure. So I'll see you then. Until then, travel well and travel safe.